Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hey, everybody. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing interview. Very excited today because we have the amazing Laurie Guest, who is a great friend, fellow customer service expert, and the author of a brand new book called The 10 Cent Decision, How Small Change Pays Off Big. This is an amazing customer service book. Before we get started, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you have a question, just find me on all the different social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And when you ask your question, make sure you use the hashtag Ask Shep. Also to remind you of the television show, Be Amazing or Go Home. This is found on Amazon Prime, on Roku, on Apple TV, and just about, oh, anywhere else. Even YouTube. Let's go crazy. Go to Shep.tv and you'll find it there as well. All right. Enough of the announcements. Let's jump right into this. Laurie Guest is amazing. She's a friend. She's a colleague. And I can't believe, as we were prepping for the show, that Laurie has told me she's never been on the show. That's a mistake. We're going to fix that not only right now, but in the future, you're going to want to hear from her again. Laurie, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you believe with all the words we've exchanged over these years, we've just never recorded any of them? I can't believe it. (laughs) Well, and we've recorded some for you because you've had some great training programs and and that I've been honored to be a part of and, and you're doing great things. All right. So, What's cool about this book, The 10 Cent Decision, is um, it, there's two sides of the book. And not, not a part one and a part two. There's literally two sides of the book. There's a, a guide for leaders, and it says, Leader Guide to Exceptional Service. And you turn the book over. You don't open to a part two. You actually flip it over, and it says, Team Guide to Exceptional Service. So is this for both the people on the front line, the team, the people who deliver the service, as well as leaders who want to create a culture. Give us more insight into this great book. Yeah, so what happened, Shep, is that when I was writing the book, and you know this, you've written a lot of books, but maybe some of your listeners don't realize, is that we create a little avatar. Who are we writing this book for? And we keep that person in mind as the words are coming out of us and and onto our keyboard. And what I kept noticing is every time I started a new chapter, I was writing things like whether you're a team member, whether you're a leader, whether you're a leader, a team member, I kept vacillating back and forth of who is my real target? Who am I writing for? And writing is much stronger if we're clear on who we're writing to. And it dawned on me that if I could write this book, one part of it to the frontline people, and then another part of it to those in charge, managers, leaders, and owners, those are two very different targets. And I didn't want just a part one, part two. I'm a big fan of creative packaging. So the way the book is designed, if you read it from the front cover to the middle, that's the team section. And then if you flip it over, you read it from the back cover to the middle if you're a leader. There's no duplication of content, so really, Everybody should read the whole book, but who I'm writing it for changes by the side. So it's very unique packaging. And so far, I've had people really excited about it. It's kind of two books in one. Yep, I love it. And and you can get the book at Amazon, everywhere books are sold at Amazon. That's exactly right. And you can go to the TencentDecision.com. and uh, or lauriguest.com. Gosh, there's so many different places that we can get the book. So I want to jump into the book. Before I do that, I would just, I want to reflect back. You and I met, and well, I think we met before, but I really learned to respect what you do uh, 
about six years ago, we were at a conference and I heard you speak. I took like five pages of notes. I love that. Uh, yeah. And you were so good. And since that time, you know, I've become a huge fan. Uh, I love what you do. And I love actually how you run your business too. And if you, I, here's the thing, we all would love to, you know, you and I are customer service experts. Oh, I would hope that uh, whoever our clients are, are receiving all that we teach and talk about. And I got to tell you, you, you make me feel like a million dollars after taxes. <laughs> we engage and talk with each other. And I know I've asked you to come to our conference last year with our mastermind. You came down there and spent a couple of days with us sharing some of your insights. And okay. I just want to tell everybody in the world what a wonderful person you are. Oh, thank you very much. And and the opportunities you've given me along the way have been great. So yeah, I, I, in, back in 2013 in our own speakers association, I had been doing little small things in my business for years that I just assumed everybody else was doing. And then one day somebody said, no, not everybody's doing it. Will you come and share? And so I, I was hesitant, as you know, but I eventually uh, did share it. And, and that was a big business changer for me because all of a sudden there was a lot more people who knew about my work. And, it put you on the map. Yeah. And so it's, it, but my point in even bringing it up in this conversation is in my mind, they were small things, but yeah. they were small changes that paid off big. And it really ties in with what we're talking about in this book. Business owners who are listening do not need to do these radical, expensive things that make an impact to their customers. They can make little changes that make a big difference. And that's what I get excited about. All right. Let's jump into the book. Give us some insight. Where do you want to start? Uh, team side or leader side? Let's start on the team side. The yeah, team, let's start great. There. Team, All right. Yeah. And what I'm excited about with the book is actually each chapter starts out with a small story of me being an entrepreneur my whole life. From the age of five, I've been an entrepreneur. Building what did you businesses. sell at five years old? I did. Sweet corn on the corner, baby. Sweet, sweet corn, corn on the corner. And I sold more sweet corn than anybody else in town. The story's in the book and uh, people will be able to find out why. What did I do? And it's because my dad taught me customer service. I didn't know that's what it was called back then, but he taught that to me at a very early age. And so that's what the part of the book of me that you'll hear when you read it is that each chapter has a short little yeah. cute anecdote uh, tying in how, how I became a, a an entrepreneur. Um, but if I had to pick one thing on the team side for this short interview that I really want people to take away, it's the importance of word choice. And we don't do maybe a good enough job of training this. There are words that can come out of our work vocabulary and a word replacement that makes it better. So my favorite one is the word sorry. It is overused in customer service. Sorry for this. Sorry for your wait. Sorry the package didn't come. And we're sorry for everything. And somewhere along the line, we got the idea that's good customer service. And it's not. In my opinion, there's two times the sorry should be used. One, when we truly messed up and we owe you an apology. Then we need to lean in, validate your concerns, and actually say the word. And the second time, sorry is a true show of empathy. I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry this has happened to you, uh, especially people that are in, in uh, fields of empathy like healthcare and mm -hmm. some of those types of things. But other than that, let's find a better word than sorry. Uh, so, so that, you know, it's important. Right. Uh, somebody's calling customer service. They have a problem. Actually, they're angry. Let's just say they have a complaint, not just a problem. And yet they're put on hold. And I want to make sure I understand this. You're suggesting that when the support center rep picks up the phone and says, hi, I'm Shep, I'm here to help you. Uh, I can't or shouldn't say, I'm sorry that you've been on hold, we're really busy. Um, what would be the appropriate thing to say at that point? Because you're saying, I'm gonna, in a moment, I'm gonna say, I'm sorry you had this problem when they start complaining. 
Yes, exactly. What I'm saying is that if you can say sorry in a way that makes me feel good about your sorry, then please, by all means, do it. But at least in my experience of over 15 years of secret shopping companies, there's very few who have that talent. It is a robotic, I'm sorry for your weight. This is Lori. How may I help you? You don't really mean it. You're just robotically right. doing it. Well, so my suggestion would be to acknowledge the weight by saying, hi, this is Lori. I bet you've been holding from me for a little while. Let's get straight to your solution. Now yep. that might sound robotic in this role play we're doing, but in real life, I would find several different expressions that acknowledge your weight, but really tell you the answer's right around the corner and it's me. Yeah, it's going to make you feel good. You yeah. know, um, you shared a story about a cash register and the yeah. word sorry. Yes, that's in the book. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> and so the thing is, this is a perfect example at, at a, a local store here. It's my best buy in Northern Illinois. We're well, not to use any names. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, no, the, that's all right. right. That's all right. <laughs> so, do, you like, we, do you like doing business at Best Buy? Yeah, I do. So do I. So do I. But you know, I hope Best Buy will hear this and make a change because this this is a small change that'll pay out big for them, right? Yeah. And so, and at at my local electronics store, there is a sign at the <laughs> register that says, "Sorry, this register temporarily out of order." The sign's been there for four years, and they move it to whatever register they don't want to use at the time. They don't owe us an apology for that. The sign would be much better if it said, "We'd be delighted to help you at any one of our open registers." So we're achieving the same thing. Nobody's checking out on lane four, but we're using words that build on an experience, not apologize for something when we don't yep. need. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I once uh, was talking to a guy many, many years ago, and he said, uh, I listened to your voicemail, and it says, I'm sorry I'm not here to take your call. He says, don't be sorry. I hope you're out making a ton of money on a stage somewhere. Nothing to be sorry about that. <laughs> that is exactly right. And that's actually in the book too. Nobody should apologize for not being there. In fact, I believe that consumers will tolerate about 10 seconds of a commercial. And so let's use that chance to have a commercial. Hey, it's Lori Guest. Today is such and such. I'm out on the road helping people learn how to attract and keep more customers. Please let me know that you've called. I love it. I love it. Why, All right, why do I need to be sorry? I'm not sorry. Don't be sorry. And I'm not sorry. We're going to take a break right now, but we're going to come right back. We're going to get some more of these nuggets out of the book, The 10 Cent Decision, How Small Change Pays Off Big by the amazing Laurie Guest. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Do you want to amaze your customers, impress your colleagues, and outshine your competition? Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-the-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, Always Be Amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be Amazing or Go Home is available at Amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back and we're talking with Laurie Guest. Laurie, great insight. Change the vocabulary a little bit. Give us another nugget on the team side. Well, the one that people really get jazzed about in front of my audiences is, you know, the other part of words is also our body language. 
And I like to say that the words that you say and how your body plays combines together to make you approachable or unapproachable. And so I don't think enough study has been done into the vibe we give off in our body language. And for some people, this sounds like customer service 101, but it is the foundation of service. And that is back to the smile and the eye contact and the, the body language that says, I'm paying attention to you. Think about your last dining experience. Have you ever had to wait for the check to come and you keep looking around for your, your server and you hope that he or she will notice because you need to get out of there? They're not paying attention to your body language. I think if they would, they would realize that you want that check almost as soon as the plate was put down. Yep. And so it's all about not only our body Body language and what we show to customers, but reading the body language of our customers so that we can respond appropriately. Yep. Well, that is customer 101, or customer service 101, which is extremely appropriate that we go back to that over and over again, reminding ourselves of what some of these basics are, because no matter how advanced you get, and I love what you said, I want you to say it again. I don't know if you could, if something you've said a million times before, but it sounded like it. It's a tweetable phrase. It is a tweetable. Words that we say and the body language. Yeah. So the words that we say mm -hmm. and how your body plays twine together to make you approachable or unapproachable. So if we were going to cut that down, tweet what are you that. saying? Yeah, tweet <laughs> that out, right? Because if you put those two things together, your team is unstoppable. Because yep. that's what it all comes down to. I don't care if we had 10 more hours to talk. Every idea we come up with is going to come back to what's coming out of your mouth and how you're behaving. Right. And in other words, you're being real. All right. Let's flip the book over. We're flipping it over. We're flipping it over. And now we're going to talk about the leaders, the leader guide to exceptional service. Uh, let's start there. Like, like part one, what do I need? What, I mean, I've read part of this. So sure. give, me, give me like your most important take as we get into this. What is it? If I only had two minutes to bend your ear, it would be look at your packaging. How are you putting together what you sell? Is it creative enough? And there's all kinds of things. In fact, I collect photographs of this out on the road. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, recently, I was in a nice restaurant and they had two different kinds of soups. I couldn't decide between the two. So my friend said, why don't you just ask for a sample, a bite to see which one you like best? Well, I've done that before and they usually just bring it in a little coffee cup or something that's this place brought the most beautiful sampling you've ever seen. It was almost a feature that they should have on their menu. The way they had it laid out, the little spoons that went with each one, how the dish was sitting on the plate. It made me want to buy more from them just by the way they presented it. That's what I call packaging. What you name it and how you put it together it sells. I mean, I think it's the whole reason that people order flaming cheese in a restaurant. Do they really want flaming cheese? Or <laughs> do they like the fire and the upa? They like the show that goes with it. Yeah. And, and I think that people don't think enough about the show. Now, in the business you and I are in, we have to think about the show. Right. But no matter whether you're in a shoe store or a, 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 a physical therapy office, I don't care what it is, there's a show you have to put on mm -hmm. to make people want to connect and buy more. All right. So you have leader guide to exceptional service, but this to me feels more like exceptional experience. Um, it, I mean, I know they're very closely related. So give us your take on the two. I really think they're one in the same if you're doing it right. 
Okay, All good. of these words we use about customer service, engagement, encounter, experience, service. I want to put them all in one big tub and make them all represent the overall experience I have when I deal with you. And you and I both know that it's everything from how fast was the phone answered or how fast were you greeted on site, all the way to when you pay your bill and what happens afterwards. I, I think a leaders miss an opportunity to do something really simple. Uh, handwritten thank you notes to a client. When's the last time you got yep. a handwritten note in the mail for somebody that you did business with there, or a referral? It drives me crazy when I send a referral to somebody in an industry. I just sent something to a, a computer guy that I do a lot of work with. I sent him two large clients and they're, he acknowledged it verbally when I saw him the next time. And I don't need a gift, but I sure would love to have a handwritten note that said, right. hey, look, I appreciate your confidence in my work. All of this goes into experience inside and outside your organization. Right. Well, I think writing thank you notes is a big part of it, or at least showing appreciation. And today, uh, you know, people like to text, they like to email. And you know what, those aren't nearly as cool as a handwritten note. However, I do tell people if that's the appropriate way, then at least personalize it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got time for another one before we take the break. Okay. I think the most important thing I'd like leaders to think about is that good customer service cannot be left to common sense. Mm. See, I think a lot of times when people hear that we're customer service speakers, they think, well, isn't it just common sense? Yeah, it's common sense. It's not so common. It's common sense that's not so common. And so the thing is, and, and maybe we need to do this after the break, but I think there are five distinct things that make up common sense with people. And if leaders are not thinking about that and aware of it, they don't really know how to train it and enforce it. And mm -hmm. so maybe that's something we dig into right after your break. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And um, so you got my head going in this different direction, common sense, appreciation, showing appreciation. Doesn't that feel like common sense? Why aren't more people doing it? Why do people mess up with that one? Uh, the right words sound like common sense, but you know what? You have to train to common sense. There is a reason that, um, professional athletes hire coaches to look at them because the fundamentals, which should be common sense, you know, are what they're working on. And we'll wrap up and take a quick break now. So we have time. We come back to do all five of these together, but I do want to say I came up with a speech and you know, they have the Ted talk, which is now like 18 to 20 minutes. I'm thinking, gosh, I'm used to speaking 45 minutes to an hour. Well, I now have the 18 to 22nd speech on customer service. That's actually shorter than that. You want me to give it to you? Yeah, let's I know it. this is your show, but I've never told anybody this before. Here That's it goes. Great. So I'm going to walk out on stage to thunderous applause. And my introduction is probably going to be about 30 seconds long because I believe the guy's good, get on with it. If he's bad, get it over with. It should be short. That's from Bill Gove, by the way, one of the granddaddies of the speaking business. He said, keep it short. So I walk out there. I'm just going to look at the audience. When the applause dies down, I'm going to say, be nice. Thank you, and walk off the stage. Wouldn't that be great? It isn't so much of customer service. You know, it you can't leave it to common sense, but it should be a nice experience. That's what it is. And I can't believe that you and I both make a living teaching common sense. Yeah. Because there's a reason why. If nobody needed this, you and I would be selling shoes. <laughs> I do sell shoes on the weekends. No, I don't. I don't. But seriously, it's common sense as it seems. Man, it takes a lot of work to get people to buy into it and build a culture about it. All right. When we come back from the break, you're going to talk to us about common sense, share another nugget or two, and we will be right back. Don't go away. 
Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio. Common sense dictates that we will be talking about common sense because that's what we said we would do right before the break. So you have this, this five principles, concepts, whatever, that go into common sense. Well, I do. And what's, here's what's interesting. This next part is not in the book. Ooh, bonus material. It's, it's bonus material. And here's why. is because as I've been doing the speech about the 10 cent decision, I've had people ask, doesn't some of this seem like common sense? And that's when I started realizing maybe I need to break this down a little bit. So maybe this is going to be the next book is common sense is not common sense. But but here's what I believe. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what parts you agree. And maybe you don't agree, which is always interesting conversation. But I think there's five things that go into any person uh, person's level of common sense. Mm -hmm. The first one is the environment in which you were raised. It makes yep. sense. You and I did not grow up in the same household. So we used uh, the people around us, our guardians, parents, aunts and uncles, those were our models of behavior. And if you had a wonderfully, like in my case, I was blessed with a father and mother who were just wonderful human beings and knew how to treat others, then I learned very early on, this is how you treat somebody. It never dawned on me to be a jerk because I never saw somebody be a jerk. And that's not true of everybody we hire, right? They all didn't live in that great situation. The second one, and there's people who speak exclusively on this topic, the era in which you were born. The level of customer service delivery of somebody in their 40s, 50s, and 60s is very different than our 18 and 20-year-olds that are coming into the workforce. It's because of the era in which they were born. So that's of interest. Um, the previous work culture. Now, I grew my workshops at a place where customer service was king, and we spent a huge amount of time having our skills developed, which is how this book and how my entire business came to be is where I was raised in a healthcare workplace that valued customer service. It was our culture. You either treated patients the right way or you didn't have a job. And not every place is like that. So if my previous job didn't respect that type of culture, then I didn't come to the table with that kind of common sense. Right. Um, your fourth one, your personality. So you and I are extroverts. We're demonstrative. We're outgoing. We, we could talk all day long. We love people. I mean, give us a topic. We got something to say about it. So I think we do really well with people. But I have a few introverted friends that you can barely get them. I was just at a session earlier this week with customer service managers. And there's one gentleman who would not participate. He just didn't have it in his personality. He wasn't being obstinate. It's mm -hmm. just, he's uncomfortable. So his personality is very different than the glowing bubbly woman who was sitting next to him. And then the, and then the fifth one is your current atmosphere. If you and I are working side by side at let's say the bank and I'm brand new and my personality is to go welcome to the ABC bank in some um, uh, genuine greeting, but that's not how you behave and you've been there for five or six years 
I would get, begin to model your behavior. You're working right. the color line right next to me. All of a sudden, we begin to model each other. And usually, the lower level wins out on that. So again, we're doing this really quick for a short interview. But if we take all five of these things and we start breaking it down, we can see that no two people show up in an organization with the same story. And they certainly don't come with the same level of common sense. Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned the lower level wins because it's the easier. That's right. It's just... It's, it's, it doesn't take as much effort. It, it breeds laziness and, you know, uh, familiarity, contempt, whatever you call it. Uh, but uh, I, I agree. Love it. Five, the five, I, I, I guess, reasons behind, is that right? Reasons behind common sense. Would that be? I'm not sure. We'll have to talk about that because I think that could be the next book. Maybe yeah. co-authored, Shep. Well. That would be fun. Giddy up. How about you write the book and I'll stamp my name on it? That would be. I was thinking the other way around. <laughs> we'll compromise. Let's see who. Let's depend. Let's who. Who will sell more books? You or me? You will sell more. I okay. write it. You sell it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, give us another nugget from the uh, leader side. Hey, the leader side. What I want them to understand is that you can't leave customer service training to chance. Yeah to fit it in between things. The biggest pushback, and I'm sure you hear this all the time too, is, hey, all this sounds great, but ain't got no time for that. When do we have time for that? We're too busy doing and then fill in the blank. Whatever they're processing, whatever they're selling, you know, wh whatever their business is, they're always too busy with that. And I wish that they could understand, which is the culture in which I was raised, is that we carve out serious time for creating the culture that we want. And if you want a customer service and a great experience at this location, we're gonna make sure we train it and we accept no less. If people are trained one day, in fact, this group I just worked with, they have one day of orientation on customer service and it's on the first day of employment. And, and I told them it. privately later, that makes absolutely no sense. They're still trying to figure out where to hang their coat. They are not understanding your culture on day one. It's got to be a consistent forever plan. And I kind of see it like raising children. I mean, I'm not calling employees children. I'm saying it's the mind of a parent. You didn't just teach your girl one thing. You went back and taught it to her over and over and over again to, to have her turn into the fine adult she is. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, to me, you're, you're 100% accurate on target customer service training isn't something you did. It's something you do. That's it's right. ongoing. It becomes part of the culture. And I tell my clients, the biggest investment you're going to make is not what you pay me or my trainers to go out and deliver whatever it is we do for you. It's the amount of time you're going to spend with your employees over the next, I don't know how many years, but it's, it's just constant. And it might but, only be a week. Time, but why yeah. do they not? I'm very curious. This is a great conversation. Why don't they make the time? It it's frustrating. Hard? It's not too hard. They feel that they have other things more important because a lot of what we do in this type of training is over and over again. So it's repetitive, right? Yes. It's like working out. If you're going to be a, a, a top performing athlete, you're going to work out a routine. If you're a top performing uh, actor on stage, you're going to practice your lines over and over and over again. Even if you do it next year, you're going to practice your lines right before you go on. So that's why I think uh, companies feel too much. And, and by the way, not all of them. I mean, the ones that make the investment. And I know you have some great tools on what they can do tiny little chunks of time taken in a regular Monday morning huddle or, or another weekly meeting you have with your team, just a small bit of time to reinforce what's important, occasionally layering on a new skill. 
So, mm -hmm. hey, we are almost out of time, and I always love to end with the one thing question. So, here it is, Laurie. What's the one thing you want to leave us with that you, you know, and I'll make it easy. It could be something new, or you could reiterate something you've already said. I think the one thing is you have to have an integrated approach to customer service. You cannot just turn to a team member and say, you need to be nicer. You need to do this. You need to, it has to be the whole unit, the whole business as a team needs to be involved in the decisions they make and how they improve that customer experience. Otherwise yep. it's just words. Yep. And you as a team, actually, you know, walk the talk. An alignment. Yes. An alignment. They're all going the same direction. That's exactly Outstanding. right. Outstanding. Laurie, you as expected were amazing today and you always are. Again, the book is called The 10 Cent Decision, How Small Change Pays Off Big. Make sure you get it. Why don't we say uh, do not pass go or collect $200 until you actually get this book. Laurie, thanks for being on the show. Hey, always a pleasure. See you on the road. All right, everybody. That's another interview, another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Until next time, we're going to have another great interview next week. But until next time, I want to remind everybody, as I always do, to always be amazing. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.